Designing the Perfect Practice Loop, written by Scott Young, March 2020. So all this week, I've been uh, sharing lessons to prepare for a new session of my six-week course, Rapid Learner. Now next week, I'm going to be reopening the course, which has been revamped with over 20 new and updated lessons. Now earlier in this series, I wrote about why now is the perfect time to start an ultra-learning project and gave three different paths you could use to come up with ideas. I also shared some of the pitfalls people make in choosing their project, particularly the peril of indirectness. Today I want to get into the weeds a little bit and talk about a useful concept to think about learning any skill, whether it's math, art, languages, or business. Practice loops. So what is a practice loop? Well, a practice loop is an activity or a group of activities that you repeat over and over again while learning something. So let's look at some examples. If you're playing basketball, playing games is a practice loop that you do over and over again, but also so are layup, shooting, and passing drills. If you're painting, well, each painting you make is a practice loop. Programming, each program you write and complete, little projects you finish, those are practice loops. Physics, every problem you solve or project you work on, practice loop. Business, well, each product or feature you launch is another loop. Languages, conversations, flashcards, and grammar exercises, all loops. Okay, so the concept can get a little fuzzy. Many loops aren't actually straightforward repetitions, so you may never write the same essay twice. So in this case, the loop isn't writing a particular essay, but just the overall process for writing essays. And similarly, learning needn't only have one loop. A drill is often an isolated little loop aimed at improving specific components of a larger skill. So similarly, big loops can contain little loops. Writing a large piece of software is a loop, but within that might be loops for writing the modules or function definitions or even little algorithmic tricks that you have to use. So despite these little complexities and wrinkles, I think keeping the overall picture of a loop in mind is very helpful since it can help you think about what goes into your practice efforts and how to make them more efficient. Designing your practice loop. The first step is to figure out what your loops even are. What are the activities you repeat over and over again when learning a subject? You can't improve a loop if you're not even aware which ones you have. The next step is to analyze the loop for different parts to see whether you might be able to make improvements. Faster learning is often the result of identifying a weakness in your current loop and reinforcing it so that it is sturdier. So what are a few places to look at for improving your practice loops? First. The match. Does my loop match the skill or subskill I'm trying to improve? The first place is to check whether the loop you're engaging in is really matching the skill you need to perform in a real situation. Let's look at an example. If you're doing a vocabulary drill and it is aimed at giving you words to speak, but the way the drill works only has you recognizing words by their spelling, it might be a poor match. The result may be that you'll probably occasionally recognize words in print, but you're not going to be able to speak them aloud in many situations. So the first place to improve your loop, therefore, is to look for ways you can match it more closely to the demands of a real situation. Two, feedback. Can I get better, more accurate feedback after each iteration? Another place to look is at the feedback you get in each repetition. What could be made more accurate? What information could you get now that's currently missing? 
So in my case, the portrait drawing challenge I undertook was largely inspired by realizing that I could get much better feedback from drawing a picture if I superimposed a transparent version of the original image on top of my work. That gave me way more information about what kinds of mistakes I was making than just simple guesswork. So let's look at some other ideas. Public speaking, dance, sports. What if you videotaped yourself performing the skill so that you could look for mistakes later rather than just trying to spot them when your attention is otherwise occupied on actually performing the skill? Feedback improves in each loop. In another case, let's consider solving math problems. If you have solutions, that can accelerate your progress immensely because you can easily correct conceptual mistakes compared to when you just have to do the homework and you have to wait weeks in order to get that feedback. If you're doing work in front of an audience, having a blog versus writing in private adds external feedback to each essay you write. So there are many, many different ways you can improve feedback, but it's something to look at because the better it can be in each loop, the quicker you can get to securing the right way to do each skills and hone in on exactly what you need to do to improve. Three, ideal. Do I understand the process I'm trying to do in each loop? A mistake many people make is thinking that the most important part of improvement comes from doing the same thing over and over again until you do it perfectly. Although this is true for some loops, maybe even necessary, it overlooks an important fact. Sometimes a different process altogether will create better results. In such situations, repeating an inefficient technique won't make you a master, but simply ingrain bad habits. So one way to think of this is that if you are typing and you are trying to type really fast, but you look at the keyboard the whole time, you're not actually going to be touch typing. You're probably not going to get really, really efficient at typing. Whereas if you focus on trying to master the process of touch typing, where you don't look at the keyboard, you will be able to type much faster in the long run, even with the same amount of total practice. So try to make explicit what your ideal process ought to look like. What are you trying to do? What are you trying to reach in each practice loop? And then ask yourself if you're reaching this ideal when you perform the skill, or are you taking shortcuts around the method you know will work best? And if it's the latter, adjusting your loop to consciously emulate an ideal is good practice. So for instance, you might recognize that when you're learning another language, you want to have conversations with other people, and your ideal is to have the language proceed only in the language you're trying to learn and, and stick to that. Maybe if you have to use a dictionary translator, that's okay, but you want to actually be speaking the language. But you kind of have too much pressure on yourself, so you break down and you just end up speaking English most of the time. Well, in this case, you're doing a lot of practice, maybe, but you're not actually doing the loop that you're trying to reach ideally, so it's not nearly as efficient. In this case, you're better off slowing down, not taking that shortcut, even if the conversation feels incredibly slow, you'll be able to make more progress. Number four, speed. How many loops can I do per hour? Per month? So assuming you are hitting your ideal, you're actually doing what you need to do in order to make progress, the next place to look for optimizations is to simply stop wasting time and do more of the loops you need to do. Many of my projects followed a similar pattern. Identify a core loop that works for learning the subject and then be relentless about optimizing time to get the most iterations in possible. So if you decided that doing flashcards is important for a subject, then if you can maintain 100 new flashcards per day plus reviews, you'll be learning faster than if you can only do 10. Similarly, if you're painting one piece a day, you're going to progress faster than if you're doing one a month. 
If you're speaking twice a week, you'll get better than if you're speaking twice a year. Now, there is a risk here of getting speed without getting an ideal process. Doing a bad loop faster doesn't help you because you're only ingraining bad habits. But if you can get your loop good enough, an obvious strategy is to simply do more of it if you want to learn better. All right, let's look at today's homework. The best way to learn is to do, not just sit and read. So try this quick exercise. First, go to the comments for this lesson. Two, write down what your current practice loop is for something you're learning right now. And three, give one suggestion for how you might improve this loop based on what I've suggested above. Could you make it match the skill you're trying to learn a bit better? Could you get better feedback? Could you think of a more ideal or better process that you're actually trying to emulate? Or maybe even just how could you do it more quickly and get more in per hour of studying? So in truth, optimizing your practice loop depends on a lot more than just the basic ideas I was able to sketch here. In Rapid Learner, I devote an entire week to covering practice with several lessons, and, and that includes a two plus hour deep dive specifically devoted to space repetition systems. Now, next week, I'm gonna be opening the course for a new session. So if you're interested in this concept of practice loops and optimizing yours, I highly recommend you check it out. Now. In the next lesson, I want to zoom out a little and consider not just success with a single learning project, but how that builds in a continual improvement throughout your whole life. So until then, take care. Thanks for listening to this episode. More episodes like this can be found by searching for Scott H. Young Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Overcast, and most other podcasting apps available on your smartphone. If you've enjoyed this episode, please consider rating my show as it helps other people find out about it. More of my work can be found on my website, scotthyoung.com. Thank you.